Hey, this is Michael Hutchinson, and you're listening to the Front Row Podcast. And welcome back to the Front Row Podcast, and I'm here with Goliath GM, Andrew Kellier. Welcome. Thank you. And Thanks for having me. And it's not too long to spring training camp? Yeah, camp is not too far away. Uh, camp starts May 5th. Uh, we'll have uh, some exhibition games. And then the home openers on Friday, May 13th. So not too far away at all. No, and uh, what's the, some of the challenges with the pandemic over the last few years with this cold eyes? Well, 2020, uh, we didn't have any home games. We had to play all our games in um, based out of Fargo, and only six of the 12 teams played. So Fargo, we shared Fargo's ballpark with them. Um, only got to play 60 games. So 2021 was very tough on our team, not having any home games. And then last year, uh, we had to start the season in Jackson, Tennessee, which uh, which wasn't ideal, but at least we got to play. And then August 3rd, we got to come back to Winnipeg and play 19 games at home to finish the season out. So at least we got some some revenue and some home games last year. Yeah, so how's the team shaping up this year with the returning players and new additions? Yeah, I think Rick, our field manager, Rick Forney's done a a real good job of, of bringing back some guys from last year that made an impact and bringing in some new guys. I'm, I'm really excited to see the pitching staff. That's where the most of the changes um, fans will see. I think our, uh, our lineup one through nine of our position players will be somewhat, somewhat similar with, with the few changes, but our pitching staff is, uh, is going to be very different next year. We have, we have three, three players from Dominican Republic that we're really excited about seeing they've got some live arms and I think our fans will be will be happy to see them when they come to Winnipeg yes uh, I'm kind of excited to uh, get out to the baseball diamond this year and watch the Gold Ice play yeah yeah it's uh, the last year two years have been have been really t- tough not being able to be at the ballpark as much as we have been in the past, but we're really hoping that this year with the, with hopefully things getting back to somewhat normal, we'll, we'll get the crowds back to the ballpark and it'll be the atmosphere that, that we're used to right up until 2019. And, uh, does Gordais have a new logo in this year? We do. We, uh, we rebrand in in September it's something we've been working on for a couple of years uh, we just thought we've had the same same logo um, for a long time since 1994 it was time for a, a refresh so we we hired a company to to help us with that and I think I think what they came up with was was pretty cool and and fresh and clean and I think once we reveal the the new uniforms, I think fans are going to like them. There's some some new twists on them. They're not not completely different, but there's there's some new things on the uniforms. I think people are going to like. And uh, I see you're an uh, avid fisherman. <laughs> uh, well, one of those things about the pandemic year 2020, when I wasn't at the ballpark every day like I have been for the last 20 some years. I got to do some other things that I hadn't done for a long time. And two of the things were golfing. Normally when the team is, is home and playing a normal season, I'll play two or three times a year. And the summer of 2020, I got to play 30 rounds of golf and, and I got to fish a lot. I hadn't fished since I was 14 or 15 years old, but a couple of buddies of mine took me out fishing on the, on the riverbank in the Assiniboine and, yeah, I caught some catfish and uh, even caught a gold eye last summer. So that was that was pretty neat. Caught a couple master cats in in twenty twenty. No masters in twenty twenty one. That the water was really low this year. Is not not as good fishing this year. And I uh, see so yeah, you fished with 
uh, Kyle Connor and uh, Hallibach. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. That was right before they started uh, in 2020 when their season got going again in in August um, for the the last few games and then the playoffs. But uh, a friend of mine works for the Jets and. I, I stay in contact with him quite a bit and, and he saw that I was doing a lot of fishing and I guess Hellebuck is uh, is a big fisherman too so he was telling him where we fish so it just kind of worked out that he came down one day and, and brought Kyle with him so that was pretty cool we uh, we, we promised them that if, if we took our picture with them that we wouldn't put it out there for a while so we waited we waited until after Hellebuck won the Vesna, and then we then we put the photo out there. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, lots lots of fishing stories probably told, right? <laughs> Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I haven't been fishing for a while, so <laughs> I went out a couple years ago and went from the first time. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's relaxing. Yeah. You caught what one fish? Yeah. <laughs> so that's nice. I we we went to Ontario to do it. Oh, cool. Yeah. I know a friend's place. Awesome. And what's the biggest fish you ever caught? Uh, one of the catfish i think was 34 35 inches it was a it was a big one it took a long time to get him to shore yeah that was uh that was fun that was uh that was pretty big uh so what's the wow uh, your favorite golf course to golf on uh favorite golf course in manitoba would be clear lake uh, i'm a member at breezy but clear lake is uh i've been playing it Going up to Clear Lake since I was very young, usually play there once or twice a year, and it's it's just I think it's the the nicest, prettiest course in in Manitoba. I'm sure there's others that would think Hecla or uh, Granite Hills maybe, but Clear Lake to me has always been that's always been my favorite. And uh, how did you get into baseball? Well, I. <laughs> Played when I was young. I grew up in Portage, Portage Prairie. Uh, played more hockey than than baseball. But uh, getting this job, I just kind of it. It was just kind of a lucky thing. I graduated university and then had a couple crappy jobs just to pay the bills, pay the rent. And uh, one of those jobs, I worked four to eleven at night, so I had time during the day to golf. And uh, in the, the spring of 94, just before the Gold Eyes came to town, uh, I had the opportunity to golf with Sam Cates. And about the 14th hole, I got up enough nerve to ask him for a job. A couple of weeks later, a couple of months later, he, he hired me. And uh, been there ever since. After eight years that I was working there, I was made GM. So last year was my 20th season as GM. This will be my 21st. Well, it's twenty uh, first season. You see a lot of things over the years, and moving from the Bombay Stadium to uh, where at the Forks now. So, yeah, the stadium was uh, it was interesting. It was uh, the short porch in left field was about two hundred feet down the line, so a lot of home runs down there and playing on that artificial turf it was kind of like concrete so uh, a lot of base hits and but it was it was our home for five years and if we didn't have that we probably wouldn't exist today but five years was enough to play there and then we got the ballpark built for the in time for the pan am games in 1999 and has been our our home ever since yeah i say and then there's Added on to the stadium too, like uh, new new section there, and yeah. Well, well after a couple of years, we added 
had a couple sections and the restaurant and patio decks and a couple of years ago we added craft beer corner down the left field line which has been really popular over the last couple of years and i'm i'm looking forward to seeing seeing a bunch of people out there again this summer on a nice sunny afternoon yeah this uh hopefully the weather's good for you guys out there not too cold and not too hot so yeah i hope so it's uh we're starting pretty early. May 13th is probably the earliest opening day we've had in a while. So hopefully we get a nice, nice mild May. And uh, yeah, it's no fun playing when it's one or two degrees. No, and hopefully uh, it's uh, in the. I saw a scene where uh, I think 20 years ago we got snow on May 9th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to have a. Uh, exhibition game that day as I was driving to the park it started snowing and I had to phone the, the visiting team and tell them to stay at the hotel because we weren't playing that day and we actually I still have a, a picture in my office of our office staff standing on the field and it was covered with snow that yeah. was uh, that was interesting yeah that's, <laughs> that's where I you don't know what you want to get in Manitoba with the weather right <laughs> oh for sure yeah you never know hopefully Hopefully we've had enough snow now. It's just been way, way too much. So hopefully that's done. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where you're going to put it if there's any more. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of snow on the field right now. It's going to have to. Uh, it's going to have to start melting soon. Yes. So yeah, March is kind of should be starting to warm up more into April and. Should be gone by May. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I know our, our groundskeeper will get out there and he'll start start clearing away where, where the drains are so it can melt a little faster. So he'll he'll uh, use his gator and his uh, bulldozer and go around the warning track and clear all the, the drains just to make sure it drains all right. And uh, I let... Um I like the uh, home run song with the the Roths when that guy's hit a home run. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's our that's our music guy that, that plays that. He's in charge of all that good music and the uh, and the player walk up songs. All that players get to pick their own song as long as it's clean. Yeah, so. I'm surprised the hockey has it on that when they have players score and they get their own song played. Yeah, that that would be interesting. I yeah. think I've, I think they've talked about it. I, I just yeah, I don't know if I don't know if other teams do any NHL teams do that. I don't I don't think so. Why I never heard about it yet. If they do, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, I, I like that idea when a player scores and. Uh, um, and then they get us, they can pay, pick a song and it will play. Yeah, it, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it's like it adds a new perspective. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, my pleasures. Sorry it took so long to get back to you, but uh, yeah, I'm glad this worked out. Yeah. And. Uh, Hopefully, uh, and we can make it out to the Gold Eyes next year, and uh, let's go Gold Eyes. All right. I hope to see you at Shaw Park this summer. Thanks a lot. Thanks. This show is brought to you by Esdale Printing. For nearly 40 years, Esdale has been your source for banners, decals, signs, and your company needs. Check them out at 207 DeBat Street in Winnipeg or online at esdaleprinting.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at Esdale Printing or on Facebook. Pretty cool. As uh, my next guest is Stan Solo. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing fine. How about you, Don? Good. As uh, you podcasting from Stan Solo Studios. The Solo Studios, yeah, I'm here in the Solo Studios. Uh, it's chilly in the Solo Studios today. <laughs> I'm just down the road from you. I mean, yeah. we're in the same city. It's it's cold out. <laughs> yeah, and got more snow. <laughs> 
Ugh, don't need more snow. No. Nowhere to put it. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, as, uh, you were talking about the new hotel in uh, Orlando. Yeah, so there's a for your if you're a Star Wars fan, this has got to be on your bucket list. Uh, there's a new Star Wars hotel. It's not really a hotel. It's more of a Star Wars adventure. Uh, they have in in they just opened it up this weekend in Orlando, and I had a buddy that went for a media preview. So on the solo show, he comes on and he tells me all about uh, what he experienced. You're eating, living, breathing Star Wars for three days, two nights. It is unbelievable what they accomplished with this. Uh, like the, you're basically you you get on a shuttle and the shuttle takes you out into space, and there's windows. And you look out the windows and you see yourself getting onto the shuttle, and you're on a spaceship, and it's supposed to be a luxury cruise ship you're on a regular supposed to be like a like a cruise ship but it's in space and you look out the windows you see space and there's there's uh you know ships flying around well it doesn't take long for the for the uh, first order to show up and kind of uh take over the ship they don't really take over the ship but they're kind of like we're just going to investigate because this ship has a lot of weird happenings uh so the first order is on board which is like the stormtroopers and all that so you get sent on different missions. You got to choose if you're going to be on the first order side or if you're going to be on the alliance side. And you go like that throughout the whole ship. And the food is themed for Star Wars. The everything is is Star Wars. It is crazy. The, what's weird though is there's not Star Wars written anywhere because you're basically living in a Star Wars universe for three days. Oh, that's cool. It is super cool. Uh, you could dress up if you want. And you could participate as much as you want, or you could not participate. If you want to just sit in the bar all day and drink space drinks, so you can do that. But the fun of it is, is, is you know, playing the games and whatnot. You get lightsaber training. There's a huge, massive wall. It's like the screen out in space, and you do, like, laser training, like, shooting from the ship. And later on, there's TIE fighters flying by. you got to shoot the TIE fighters and, and everything. It is, it is absolutely insane. But, yeah, they, and they send you on, on different missions, uh, with this, uh, and it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like, basically, you're in the Star Wars, you're in a Star Wars movie for three days, is what it is. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And you've been watching, you watched The Mandalorian, the two parts? Yeah, yeah. So there the, was the two parts of The Mandalorian. Season three is coming out, I believe, early 2023 for right. The Mandalorian. Best thing Disney Disney Plus has put out hands down for in my opinion is the uh the mandalorian series the two series and then the book of boba fett it it had some great moments but there's times in book of boba fett that was kind of like not that great <laughs> what do you what did you think of those don well did you watched them all i watched them all and i liked it say and the book of boba fett and uh, the mandalorian appears at the end of the last two episodes like and, and it's like more on him than actually Bubble Fett. It's like, like that's where like I thought. Okay, I thought this was more more about Bubble Fett than the Man in the Iron. But yeah, and and the funny thing is, like in my opinion, those two episodes that Mandalorian took over are the best two ep- like the two best episodes of Book of Bubble Fett. Yeah, as I kind of like how like, Disney's um, introducing new characters, mm-hmm. and uh, how's they're kind of like have like the old like Chewbacca and R two D two CPO like kind of like in a background kind of thing. They're more focused yeah. on like the newer characters, right? Well, I saw an interview with Dave Filoni, uh, who was he's kind of like the one that started the whole Mandalorian series, and he says the the setup is that he presented what he went to uh, to Disney with is that you got a sandbox full of Star Wars toys. But your big brother took all the good characters. Like they took Chewbacca and Luke Skywalker and R2-D2 and C-3PO. And they left you with a handful of stormtroopers and a Mandalorian, which is like a pretty cool guy. So we're we, so it's basically they're playing Mandalorian. <laughs> it's what it comes down to. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so, and they introduce like a new Chewbacca, but it's like, it's not like a whole different Chewbacca and I think. Yeah, Krishnasistan or something like that. Yeah, it's like... Oh. The, the, the Black Wookiee? Yeah. 
And uh, he was actually he was in the in some of the novels and the old comic books. Uh, so he's not new to the, the Star Wars Star Wars fans, but for a casual Star Wars fan, yeah, he's new. Uh, and this backstory is him and Chewbacca do not like each other. Uh, they, like they're arch enemies type of thing. And he's he's plays like a almost like a Roman gladiator in in the books where he he uh, f- fights to the death in rings for entertainment. And we, in that one episode of a book of Boba Fett, where they were talking about where the lady that owns the uh, hotel, the Twilight, or the bar rather, I guess it was like a like a resort. Almost there was what, what was that place that she was? It's the sanctuary or something like that. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So so she's saying how you used to be a hero, you still are. You 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 don't have, remember he was picking those fights with the with those Bosks type creatures. Yeah. Yeah, and she gives a big speech about about how he, you know, this, we live in a better age now where we don't have, you know, fight to the death for entertainment. And you, you used, you are a hero. You, that, we can't take that away from you, but you got to learn to be more civilized. And he, and he, she says, you know, I'll, I'll clean. You know, you you have a huge tab right now. We'll get rid of your tab if you just walk out. And he beats them up anyways. He ends up killing them. All. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how uh, how uh, Bubble Fett looks at her and goes, "Well, it's worth a try." Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of his backstory: is that he's like a Roman gladiator type thing. Yes. Uh, I I like how they did like um, introduce the new character, like new old characters. Like one's on on the limelight, bring them into the limelight. Because hey, if you it gets kind of gets old when you, if you see the same guys over and over again, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and the way they're doing it is they're bringing back characters that are already established in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Like like even Cara Dune was in comic books before she came on The Mandalorian. So for the for the fans that read the comic books and read the novels, they already know this character and it's exciting for them. And for the fans that don't, well, it's a new character. It's like, oh, this is a great new character. And uh, like the guy who um, started Star Wars, he probably has a say in some stuff, right? George Lucas? Yes, George Lucas, yes. Very little, actually, for these series. Um, My understanding is he's completely retired and he doesn't get involved at all. Uh, He said that they never asked me to get involved in an interview, he, he said one time. Now, him and Dave Filoni are really good friends, and Dave Filoni considers George Lucas to be his mentor or his master almost. So I'm guessing he might talk to George Lucas once in a while and kind of pitch ideas to him. But whether he does or not, it hasn't been public, publicly said. He'd probably get like but you know, George doesn't have anything to do with, with the uh, Star Wars franchise at all anymore. He's sold it lock, stock, and barrel. He'd probably get loyalties for it too. I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine he did get a lot of like stock, also like Disney stock with that that deal he made. Yeah. So the better Disney does, the better he does. And uh, yes, uh, Disney uh, owns a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's funny how how the like seems like they like they bought Marvel, they bought Pixar, they bought the Muppets, they bought Star Wars. Uh, it seems like as if they have any competition, they just buy it, <laughs> almost. Yeah, that thing. Like, I feel like they have probably have their hands in too many cookie jars. <laughs> well, what's great though is that, like, yeah, there, there's the the um, Bob Chapek is now this president of of uh, Disney, and he can put his hands into stuff, but he trusts people that know what they're doing. Like Lucasfilm is still running the Star Wars aspect of Disney. Like Disney can veto anything that they say, but for the most part, it's a Lucasfilm production. And same thing with Pixar. There, there's a CEO of Pixar that runs the Pixar part of it. There's a CEO of Marvel that runs the Marvel part of it. And and Disney can have their say, but for the most part, they let them do their thing. And they're kind of backing them with money kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they Just like if... Um, if you if you want to make a movie and you go to Paramount and you go, I want to make this movie, Paramount will let you make the movie. But in the end, they kind of get the, the final say because they're the ones with the checkbook. Yeah. But the odds of them changing stuff isn't very likely. 
yeah, they're probably kind of like, they're kind of like an investor kind of thing where like, well, yeah, we loan you this money, but you have to pay it back afterwards, right? Well, they get they get the dividends from it. Yeah, they they they, they get they they will hire Dave Filoni to do a Star Wars production, but Disney gets the royalties. Yeah, from that, Dave Filoni won't get it. The um, what's cool with Star Wars and both Marvel, what uh, Disney owns, is they have like a storytelling group that any stories that are written has to go through the storytelling group first. Because they don't want something to happen that will affect negatively on something else. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, like I, I spoiler alert at the uh, at the end of uh, Book of Boba Fett, Cad Bane gets shot. So whether he survives or not, we won't know. I'm assuming he's going to survive. He's too too big of a character. But will he have? a special appendage or something because he was shot. Like, you know, is there going to be something extra added to him or, or even, um, Oh, who's the, the, the main guy in rogue one. Oh, I can't remember his name. Like he's in a lot of, he's in a lot of stories like, like, like the rebels or, or, uh, well, basically star Wars rebels in the comic books and all that. And as he gets to, until he gets to the point of Rogue One, he starts off kind of a normal guy. By the time he gets to Rogue One, he has a breathing apparatus, he has a metal leg, <laughs> he has a fake arm, and they have to keep that story consistent in the timeline because the timeline of Star Wars really jumps around an awful lot. So if you have a so if Cad Bane does end up getting a fake shoulder or a, or a metal arm, going forward from this point on, he always has to have a metal arm. They can't have them without, and that's where the story group uh, keeps everything in order. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, part three of Mandalorian is coming out in early two thousand twenty three, and yeah, like and part two of Bubble Fett. Nothing's been said yet about that. I'm assuming we're going to hear in May at Star Wars Celebration what's happening with Bubble Fett if there's going to be another series or not. I'm assuming they'll do one. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi series comes out in March. Oh, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but that's going to be another series. And again, the storytelling group will be right on that, making sure that nothing happens in that series that will affect what happens later on. Because this is supposed to be set. The Obi Wan Kenobi series is supposed to be set between episode three and episode four. Okay, and a new hope, and yeah. Okay. Yeah, so things that happen with that uh, has to make sense because by the time he gets to episode four, he's an old man. Like he can't, like he can't lose a hand to get a, an artificial hand in the series. So you know, Obi Wan's going to survive because we see him in episode four. Yeah, you know. Do you know that the other thing too is one of the um, the name main uh, people of the Star Wars uh, storytelling group is from Winnipeg. Oh. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was born born in Cuba in Cuba, I think, or Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. He was born in Puerto Rico, and it, he was very young when he moved to to Winnipeg. His family moved to Winnipeg from Puerto Rico, and so he grew up in Winnipeg. And he and he was a huge Star Wars fan, of course. And he was, I think, he was like seven or eight years old, nine years old, and he was writing letters to George Lucas saying he wants to work for for uh, for Lucasfilm. And he actually wrote some novels and submitted them to to, uh, to Lucasfilm, and they were impressed by it. These novels that he wrote, and they actually uh, asked him to come down to visit the, the ranch. And he flew from Winnipeg to California to do the ranch, and he ended up. By the time he got to be eighteen, they ended up hiring him, and he's part of the uh, the Star Wars Storybook Group. That's cool. It's like I. Yeah, so there's a lot of references to Winnipeg in different shows, like The Simpsons. Like, okay, go, we're going back to Winnipeg, you know? Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. And there's that. It would be cool to see uh, a Winnipeg reference in a Star Wars story somewhere. Yeah. And there's a, um, there's that Tommy and uh, Pam show. They refer to Winnipeg in there. Someone brought <laughs> yeah. Winnipeg. Like, okay. It's like, like there's different shows that were like, hi, Winnipegers. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're not that bad. Okay, we're good here. And 
Yeah. The Simpsons did a whole episode where, where they had uh, Grandpa coming to Winnipeg to get prescription drugs. <laughs> and because you can get the drugs, the prescription drugs cheaper in Canada. So he, they were smuggling prescription drugs back to the seniors' home from Winnipeg. Um. <laughs> there was a whole, whole uh, storyline about it. Uh, his name is Pedro Pascal, by the way, the one that's from uh, from Winnipeg. Mm. And I had met him one time, and I said to him, "I said, hey, you're from Winnipeg. I'm from Winnipeg. You know, we're you know we're good friends now." I said, "We know each other. If I ever am in California, can I come down and you know hit you up and get a complete tour of the uh, of Lucasfilm of the ranch?" He says, "Stan, if." Uh, you're in California, you come down to Skywalker Ranch, and when you get there, there's a big Yoda staff, fountain statue outside in the front. You get some pictures taken with that, and you know, and come into the building and say you want to get a, a tour with me. He says, but that's as far as you're going to get. <laughs> he says, you're not going to get any further than the front desk. <laughs> yes. Uh, and also, it's like, how would different actors get, like, uh, became actors and just walking on the set and then somehow and they became big actors and yeah now they now have the security tight now where you can't really do that anymore <laughs> and, yeah well like uh, how Harrison Ford uh, got got into show business he was actually a carpenter and uh, I can't remember if it was George Lucas or Steven Spielberg's office their their door some their door broke or their door frame broke so they hired this carpenter to come fix the door and Harrison Ford comes and he's so he's repairing this door frame he's working on this door or installing a new door or something it was something to do with the door and they were kind of looking at him and they kind of talked to him a bit and they go this guy kind of has a bit of charisma and he says are you an actor he goes no no I'm not an actor you know Harrison Ford talks <laughs> and uh and he says well I think you'd be you'd be good for this movie we're doing so that was the um, George Lucas's movie. Uh, oh, what the heck was it now? Before Star Wars. Oh, there's, um, there's a lot of movies he did. Uh, the the one with the with the cars, set in the sixties. Oh, uh, you know the people listening are screaming at the radios right now, saying they know they're screaming at their phones, saying, "Come on, you know what it is." <laughs> uh, I am not sure what. Uh, you know, uh, you know, American Graffiti. Is it? Yeah, yeah. American American Graffiti is is the uh, is the movie. Uh, so yeah, Harrison Ford he got hired by George Lucas to be an American Graffiti, just from being a carpenter in his office. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and so and then when they were looking for a Han Solo, he didn't want to used the same guy again he used in the last movie that he did so but he did have harrison ford come in just to read lines with different actors you know like you're doing like you're reading from the script and he were trying to find a hand solo character and i think it was steven spielberg that was that was or was it no hang on it was another director and he was finding actors at the same time for a movie he was doing and so they were both casting at the same time uh and so the other director that was casting for his movie, he said to George, he says, you know, you looked at like 150 people to try to be Han Solo. And I got to tell you, Harrison Ford is probably the best guy you're going to get. So George Lucas ended up hiring Harrison Ford to play Han Solo, even though he originally didn't want to because he didn't want to have the same actor in, in, in the two movies, the, the two movies that he's done. Yes. Where did they go uh, bring him back, like, flashbacks with uh, the Mandalorian and stuff like that? Would they bring him back for just, like, flashbacks with being Han Solo and Obi-Wan or whatever? You think, you're asking me if they, I think they would do that? Yeah. Well, there is a bunch of rumors around that Harrison Ford was on a set for a Star Wars TV series. Now, whether that was for Obi-Wan or Mandalorian or the, uh, there's a Rogue One series they're doing, or Book of Boba Fett, nobody really knew. And they don't know if he was acting or if he was just visiting. I can't picture Harrison Ford just visiting on a, on a Star Wars set. Uh, I got a feeling he got hired for one of them. Obi-Wan doesn't make sense. Because of the time period that he's in, Han and Obi-Wan, or Obi-Wan and Han haven't met yet. 
because they meet for the first time in that cantina when Chewie introduces them, right? So it doesn't make sense for Obi-Wan. Yes. Mandalorian, it doesn't really make sense so much uh, just because of the timeline. It's like after, it's between episodes six and seven. But Book of Boba Fett might go back. Like you said, doing a flashback, they might get a Harrison Ford in the season two. Uh, he could have a flashback with Han Solo in season two of Book of Boba Fett, perhaps. Yeah. Would uh, you want to see a, a computer-generated Han Solo in the one of the TV series? Sure. I think I think they they're doing a good job. They did a great job with Mark Hamill for yeah. Luke Skywalker in, in a series. I guess CGI kind of deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Where they just kind of CGI the face over another actor, yeah. and and the. The one that they did for the huge improvements from the final episode of Mandalorian season two to the final couple of episodes of Book of Boba Fett that Mark Hamill looked that that CGI model looked way better. Yeah, and uh, and that's just, like he gave up uh, Baby Yoda or Guru. So yeah, <laughs> at the in his in his own series he gave up and then they showed him like going going go up to him like oh no no you will distract him and stuff and like <laughs> like he needs his practice like just stay, like don't go and he didn't go and then and then he's i think that last episode he they met you know our guru found him and they stayed together so when yeah so so uh uh luke skywalker gives grogu a choice between going back to the Mandalorian and wearing the armor that the Mandalorian had made for him or staying and learning to be a Jedi with Luke's school uh, and getting a lightsaber. So he had a choice between getting armor or getting a lightsaber. Where That was kind of the cliffhanger of that episode, which was the second last episode. Where did you think Grogu was going to go at that time? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Cause he goes- you couldn't... You couldn't- no. Figure it out which one he would do. No. Yeah, I was on the same way. I had I saw a lot of good potential for both, for either going back with Mando or staying with Luke. Had he stayed with Luke, he probably would have died, because uh, Kylo Ren ends up basically killing all the Jedi that Luke was training at the time. Uh, but yeah, it made sense for especially for a marketing point to have. Grogu go with, with uh, Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, I think it probably protects him better, right? Until he can get bigger and stronger. And well, not only that, they're going to be doing Mandalorian series, so Mandalorian does very well because of Grogu being in the series. Like people are watching it because the Grogu's there. They want to see Baby Yoda, and they are selling so much Baby Yoda stuff. <laughs> we want to keep this character going. We want to, so I was thinking what was going to happen was he was going to stay with Luke, and then there was going to be like a Grogu series that he would have his own series, uh, learning to be a Jedi. And who would do the voice for a Guru? Do you know? Well, right now it's just Gugu and Gaga for the <laughs> most part, even though he's fifty years old, uh, and I think. Did I read somewhere that Dave Filoni is currently doing the Gugus and Gagas for for Baby Yoda, oh, the producer know. of the show? I think that's right. I heard somewhere that Dave Filoni was actually doing the voice that we're currently hearing. Uh, I can't see them continuing with that. Yeah, so they need like to find someone who, who like do a voice, kind of like later on when he gets older enough to speak and. Yeah. The problem with with uh, with the uh, Yoda species is they live for so long. Yeah, Yoda, like, he, he's he like, like, Yoda lived for like three hundred something years, didn't he? Wasn't like yeah, like nine hundred years, I think, or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, eight hundred years. I, I'm trying to remember how the line goes. I haven't seen Return of the Jedi in a long time, but he says to Luke, "When nine hundred years you reach, look as good you will not." <laughs> or it was eight hundred years, or whatever it was. Uh, because they, they live for such a long time. Like I say, he's 50 years old, and he's still basically a baby. Yeah. So for him, like, uh, 10 years is like one year. <laughs> yeah, so it's... 
I I hope they keep even more than that. Yeah, because you know, I mean, he wouldn't even be like a five year old now. Like, be like fifty years or seventy five years would be like one year. Yeah, and hopefully they continue on with the different TV shows and. Oh what... yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh... No, if they were to make what type of series would you like to see Star Wars do on Disney Plus? Is there a, is there a certain character you would like to see them make into a TV series? Ah. Uh... I think it's too hard to do a Chewbacca one. <laughs> oh, Chewbacca wouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. That'd be good, though. That would be a good one. Why can't uh, I... you, you mean talking about? And would it be like before before Chewbacca and Han met? Yeah, and then some, then somehow like at the at, in the last episode, they be they somehow meet like show them how they meet, they meet, right? Well, they showed how they met in in the solo movie. Oh, okay. they meet. Remember, uh, Han gets put into the uh, into that pit. And he hears that there's a chain, and it, and he hears a he hears a growling, and we're thinking that he's going to be attacked by a monster, and it's Chewbacca, and Chewbacca kind of beat Han up a bit, <laughs> and they were fighting in the mud, and everyone was expecting the, the uh, Wookiee to rip his arms out, but it turns out that Han could speak Wookiee, so he was able to kind of talk to Chewbacca and say, hey, you know what, uh, we can get out of here instead of us killing each other. Yeah, I kind of forgot what they made a solo. What, uh, movie yeah yeah and yeah so that's how they met so they could do a Chewbacca series like before they meet that would be cool just to see like like Chewie maybe Chewie and Kristastan battling it out or, or fighting in a pit or something like that it would be kind of cool to see yeah. I'd like to see a movie with uh, Darth Vader or a series or a movie or whatever they did comic books of it though but of Darth Vader hunting down all this Jedi after episode three, because he basically what he does is look and hunt and kill Jedi for that time period. Like the few Jedi that didn't get killed during Order 66. Yeah. Know, there's lots of things on Disney Plus to for everyone, right? So, like kids to adults and stuff, right? Well, what's interesting too with Disney Plus is if you're in Canada, you also get Star. Or any other country too. Pretty much, you get star, so you get a lot of the more adult content than you do. Like in the U.S., they only get the Disney Plus shows. They don't get the star shows, so they don't get the Alien series or um, Die Hard. That's not available in the U.S. on Disney Plus. That's Die Hard, Christmas movie or or non-Christmas movie. You know what? I'm almost embarrassed to say this. I've never even seen it. <laughs> so it's hard for me to guess. Because <laughs> uh, uh, the first one came out like Christmas time and has a Christmas yeah. theme. They're like, oh, Christmas movies. Like, it's an action movie. <laughs> Based, it happened to be coming out Christmas time and like. Yeah. I mean, I've seen clips of it here and there and the trailer and all that. From what I've seen, it's not a Christmas movie, but I guess because it happens during. Like, what about Hawkeye? Is that a Christmas series or. Uh... <laughs> Or not a Christmas series because it happens during Christmas. Came out like just before Christmas, and the whole thing is for him to finish, you know, get rid of these bad guys in New York so he can go back home in time for Christmas. Yeah. So is this Hawkeye a Christmas movie or not? I uh, never know. I say, Hawkeye's a Hawkeye's a good good uh, why show. Like I I like how they branch out how they base on just on one character, so you know their background how they become mm-hmm. that character. Like yeah. how they are, kind of Hawkeye. I kind of like how they kind of patch things up. Okay, and then, you know, more understanding about that character. Yeah, for sure. Kind of like they did the Black Widow movie, kind of showed you how Black Widow became Black Widow. Yeah. In, in, in the movie. And do you that... like it that how, how Disney Plus releases one episode per week? Or do you prefer the Netflix way where they just dump all the shows in at one day. Uh, I like it. If it's a brand new series, I like it one per week, and I can have a look something to look forward to something. <laughs> like instead of like yeah. Ben watching twenty three episodes or whatever it is, hey, like I like it one per week. You know, I think I I like that more that that way. If it's a yeah, brand new I, series. I I agree with you too. I I prefer that as well. If it's um, an old, I also, if it's an old, go ahead. yeah, it's an old series. 
then it's already been on TV for a while. Okay, fine, dumping it on. But if it's a whole brand new series, I prefer one per week. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the same way. Hmm. Um, we do we do what we call on the Grand Cycle Tour podcast is we do like they're called the roundtable discussions. So we started with uh, Mandalorian episode one, season one, and so every episode of Mandalorian. Um, season one, season two, and Book of Boba Fett. We released an episode the week they came out, and we really analyzed the episodes and made a podcast out of it. It was funny because our some of our podcasts are longer than the episodes are. <laughs> we end up talking about it more than longer. You know what I mean? The one thing I don't understand with Mandalorian though is why does everybody park so far away? Especially like the Mandalorian, he parks. Like twenty miles away, and he walks to town. You ever notice that? Well, maybe they have no parking zones in the town. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like even like the the uh, and the, what's funny though is is in Book of Boba Fett, uh, he does park great close to the town, and the guy comes out and starts yelling at him, "Not don't park so close! You got to park out in the Dune Sea." <laughs> and, and the marshal says, "Oh, it's okay. He's a friend of mine," but. Uh, yeah, even like Jabba's palace is quite a ways from Mos Espa. Like it's, it's a, you can't see Mos Espa from Jabba's palace. So I'm assuming it's like five miles, four miles, maybe even ten miles. And every time they go to town, they walk. They don't take a speeder. They don't take speeder bikes. They walk every single time. And like, like there was an episode where, where a Fennec comes comes in and she says, oh, there's these problems happening in town. And Boba Fett says, well, we'll go see the mayor. And you can almost see the look on her face like, well, I just walked here. Now you want me to walk back to town? <laughs> so then they walk to town and get to see the mayor. It, it, it's it's funny how they, they get a speeder bike or a land speeder or something. like. Yeah, so I, so those um, guys he um, picked up there towards the end, of, I think it's the third episode or the fourth last episode he had those biker gang that comes on they had the speeder bikes it's like well one of those <laughs> yeah exactly well even when they when they did hire them that episode where they hired i called them the apple dumpling gang that's not what their their name is i wasn't a big fan of that of that group at all like they start walking and then they're riding behind them so they're basically riding at walking speed when they come back, back and then they go back to town, it's the same thing. Like they're riding, and, and Boba Fett and Fennec Shan are walking. Like seriously, why don't you hop on the back of one of these speeder bikes? Or something? <laughs> that that uh, speeder chase that they had in Book of Boba Fett, the, pay, the timing and pacing seemed very off on that. Yeah, like that that was kind of like a mm, this isn't the best editing they've ever done. Just I don't know the whole thing with those with those kids on those mopeds, yeah. Vespas, just didn't sit, sit well with me. I don't know, it's, like, it's kind of weird. That it's, it's it's something that doesn't need to be. It doesn't belong in Star Wars. I don't think the the style, of the bikes and stuff is like doesn't seem to be Star Wars to me. It's well, like more like kind of like a out of space kind of thing. Definitely not Tatooine. No. Like Tatooine's a desert planet, yeah. and and they're stealing water because they have they can't afford to buy water. But yet their Vespas are sparkly, shiny, clean. Is that <laughs> what they're stealing the water for? Is to clean their Vespas? <laughs> what? How come? How can these things be be so shiny and so clean and all chrome and everything and beautiful in this desert planet with this harsh environment? Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, Stan. Yeah, I was happy to be here, uh, Don, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, this is a little different for me, talking about Star Wars and Disney Plus on here, instead of, like, hockey and stuff. <laughs> like, this is whole Did different. you watch the game yesterday, though? Yeah. That was a good game. Yes. The Jets and, and Arizona? Yeah. I like Arizona's uh, jerseys. They're, sure, we... Uh, reminds me of my childhood. The Coyotes? Yeah. I like that style of jerseys it? they have. The checker style of jerseys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that was a really good... What's happening with Arizona? I thought that the team wasn't allowed to play 
in in uh, that arena? Uh, or are they given an extra the, year? Or? Uh, and this is the last year in the arena, and then they're moving to Tamp University, and the, that university only holds like five thousand fans. Oh, and ouch. and uh, so this is kind of like a temporary thing. I mean, there's and that arena is smaller than some of the uh, junior teams we have here. It's like like the Brandon yeah. Kings Arena is bigger than their arena they're going to play. I think the one in Fargo is bigger than that even. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like, it's like 5,000 uh, seating. And uh, I think they, like, at least three years, I think they're going to play there maybe until their arena gets built in Temp. Wow. Wow, uh, wow, uh, wow. Unless they get moved to Houston, Quebec, or Kansas City. Quebec would be good. I'd like to see Quebec get a, get a city, get a, get a team. And yeah, and then they have to relook, and then they have to move a team back to the west, and kind of things. Yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> Quebec, Quebec should get a get, should get a should get a, a, a NHL franchise. Yeah, yeah. All right, but yeah, if I mean, if the city of Phoenix is kind of let them use the, their arena, then woohoo, get <laughs> get out of there. Yeah, but Batman, he wants to uh, see them work out and. In the desert. Yeah. Yeah. All righty, Don. This was a lot of fun. Okay. Thanks thanks for having me on. All right. Drive safely. I will. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Front Row Podcast. Download the show on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Contact us on Twitter or Instagram at Podcast Front Row and join in the conversation. Catch us next time on the Front Row Podcast.